Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode 158. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary, going to be hanging out with you on this lovely, lovely day to talk some New York Jets football. It is the Combine Week. Are you excited about the Combine? I am, but I'm more excited about the rumors. We'll get into those. Uh, we'll get into your voicemails. And of course, Aaron Rodgers, because why else or what else would we be talking about? But first, a message from our sponsors over at Manscaped. Spring has sprung and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning. They've already helped you tidy up all the nooks and crannies of your body's basement, but this year, Manscaped can help you get the perfect presentation on that beautiful face. And the new Beard Hedge Pro Kit, with the new Beard Hedge Pro Kit, make sure you look your best this spring by using code JETS20, that is J-E-T-S-2-0, for 20% off and free shipping from Manscaped.com. Pick yourself up something nice, courtesy of me, with a little discount over here at Just, Just Jets. Gotta love it. Things you just absolutely love to see. So, a lot to get into on this episode. <laughs> just an, an, an absolute ton. So we got rumors from the Combine. First and foremost, you have Derek Carr meeting with the New York Jets for the second time. And I am a fan of this because I am a Derek Carr fan. I think it is an the number two option, probably one or two, depending on what your what your take is. Uh, him and Aaron Rodgers are towards the top of well my list and most people's list in general. Uh, you have some hopes and dreams. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I'm putting in the hopes and dreams category for most. Uh, I don't think that's a super realistic one. Uh, and then you have fullback options like Jimmy G, Ryan Tannehill, and then we cry after that. But we'll get into some of those options because Albert Breer was talking about the New York Jets and uh, their potential. Not definite, but their potential interest in guys like that. But Derek Carr's second meeting, why is this important? Well, it shows that both he and the Jets are taking this seriously. And supposedly, there is mutual interest there. It's just of the understanding that Aaron Rodgers is their number one option. And then number two is probably where you would put uh, Derek Carr after that. And that's probably where I put it. I understand if you're annoyed with Rodgers, I I'm essentially I'm I'm pretty I'm getting pretty close to that to that point. It, it's stressful. I have the the anxieties cranking. I I hate just this waiting game, waiting for a, a quarterback to finally figure out what the hell it is that they want to do. But this is the unfortunate situation you are in when you miss on number two and Zach Wilson doesn't look like the answer going into year three. This is the spot that you get put in and it's not very fun. I don't really care for it very much. Uh, I wish it wasn't this way, but it is what it is. Derek Carr meeting for a second time is big. He's going to meet with the saints uh, and also the Panthers for the first time. Uh, I don't really consider them a true Derek Carr contender. I think they are more than likely going to go through the NFL draft uh, to me, I think that's the the obvious choice. That's where I would be looking to go if I was them to go through the draft. They tried a retread option with Sam Darnold. That did not work. They tried a retread option with Baker Mayfield. That did not work. Uh, I think it's wise for them to try to find their next young franchise quarterback through the NFL draft. So I don't see Derek Carr going there. But the Saints are probably the Saints are very realistic uh, opportunity for for Carr. They would probably be the best team in that division, I would think, if he signed there. And they'd have a very good chance to win that division. Tampa Bay is going to be going into the tank mode. Uh, the The Falcons are not anywhere close to competing yet. And uh, obviously then that would leave 
the Panthers with a young quarterback. And maybe they may take that big step with uh, really good coaching and Frank Reich. But uh, from a talent from you know talent perspective, Derek Carr can go to the Saints and they could be very, very good. Uh, they kind of hung around with pretty garbage quarterback play last year and think of you know getting average quarterback play that would definitely definitely improve their chances, I would think anyway. Um, and supposedly some good news on the Derek Carr front, if that's the direction that you want to see this team go, is his price is going to be significantly lower, potentially, than originally anticipated. I think most assumed 35-plus, maybe up to $40 million. I did a video where I did a projection. It was like 37.5. I split the difference between 35 and 40. Uh, supposedly Carr is asking for 35 and Albert Breer of SI was reporting that uh, he doesn't expect it to get up to 35 million, that it could actually come under that, which is good. And then that means you're paying him outside of the top 10 in terms of AAV. Anyway, um, if, if he signed at 35, that would put him nine with Kirk cousins, I believe. And then right under that, you have guys like Jared Goff, who's at 33 and a half. Matt Ryan's at $30 million. I'd be absolutely floored if it got below that. But hey, if you're getting Derek Carr at $30 million a year, I'm on board with that. And I understand why so many are like, just sign him now, please just sign him now. And I, I get it. I'd be happy. Again, I'd be happy if Derek Carr was the quarterback, but I don't think Derek Carr wants to sign with anybody right now. I think he wants to take his time with this. He has until the start of the new league year. I think it'll be before that, which is, well, Two weeks from today, Wednesday. By the time you're listening to this, it is in two weeks. I don't think it's going to be right this second. The following week probably looks like the window. You're going to hear some rumors this week would be my my best guess for what's going on uh, in the end of February into the first week of March. Second week, that's when you maybe see some dominoes fall with the quarterbacks, and then you get the people ready to go for the new league year starting on March 15th. That's when things open and that's when things begin to become ready to go. Now, before we get into the uh, frustration that some have with Aaron Rodgers, uh, which is understandable, I want to talk about two guys who were released that I want zero part of. I want no part of either of these two guys who was released at the quarterback position. The first was released on Monday, and that is Carson Wentz. No, thank you. I don't want any part of Carson Wentz. I don't think that is a wise decision. Uh, he has really fallen off the last three years or so. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with injuries and then just poor decision making. He's become an interception machine the last two years, really, or the last two, three years. Uh, in 2017, looked like he was the front runner for MVP. Is going to lead the Eagles to the Super Bowl, gets hurt, misses the rest of the year. Nick Foles comes in, leads him to a Super Bowl, plays pretty well in 2018 and 2019. The Eagles make the playoffs in 2019 and then uh, takes a dirty hit from Jadavion Clowney uh, to the head and has really not ever been the same since then. He really hasn't. Goes to Indianapolis, plays okay through most of the year, final game of the season implodes against the Jacksonville, the two and 14 Jacksonville Jaguars um, where they were like 14 point favorites, had a bad interception, a fumble loss, took a million sacks in that game, played like garbage. That loss kept the Indianapolis Colts out of the playoffs. 
They move on. They trade him to Washington. He plays about half the season. Did not look very good when he did play. Uh, Taylor Heineke looked like the best quarterback on that roster. Uh, and they are in the market potentially for a new quarterback. If they don't go, and they very well could, they might want to just you know see what they have in Sam Howell, uh, which is fine, I guess. You, could, you can get in on that, and then maybe they find themselves picking towards the top, although I think their defense is probably too good uh, for that. But that's maybe a conversation for another day. No on Carson Wentz. Marcus Mariota is the other. He was released Tuesday. Don't think that's a good idea either. Uh, he started out okay in Tennessee. Uh, got benched for Ryan Tannehill, who was very good in 2019 and 2020. Uh, I would rather Ryan Tannehill than Marcus Mariota. Uh, Mariota, Mariota was eh for Atlanta this year. That's where he, he signed on with Atlanta. They cut him. They're, they're going to go, I would imagine, with De- Desmond Ritter, I think is going to get some some playing time there, and they'll see if there's anything there. He was intriguing enough for me to uh, see what you have starting him for a full year. Maybe he proves to be the answer there uh, in Atlanta, but it's not Marcus Mariota. He could be a backup somewhere, but I, I don't want him to come in and be the Jets' plan. If, that, if that's the pivot to either of these two guys, but Mariota or Wentz being brought in to, to save this team is... That would be an abject failure. You'd be pretty much signing your pink slip if you're Joe Douglas or Robert Sala to to get yourself canned, uh, if that's if that's the plan. Which leads you back right to what your potential original plan is with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the tough spot because he still has yet to tell Green Bay what his actual plans are. So he's been out of his darkness for about a week now at this point has not informed Green Bay for what he wants to do. Okay, I understand that. I get it. He has every right to do it. it. You're just back in that boat. You are playing this waiting game. And the Packers GM says yesterday at the Combine that Jordan Love's ready to start in the NFL. They believe that he is ready to start. So one of two things is going to happen for Green Bay. Number one is they move on from Aaron Rodgers, they trade him, he goes somewhere else, or he retires, which I would put at pretty slim chance that happens. He's not giving up that money. And then you start Jordan Love, or if Rodgers magically comes back to you and says, hey, I want to stay, and the Ro- and the Packers go, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll run this back again and you know see if we can win a championship in the next year or two. Then you're trading Jordan Love. Now, do you, the Jeff fan, want to go down that road to where you are trying to acquire acquire Jordan Love? Uh, there's potential upside there, but man, that is a big risk, in my opinion. I hope it doesn't get down that far. Like uh, That's plan, what, five or six or seven, somewhere in that window? He could be a franchise quarterback, but he hasn't played enough to where you have really any sort of clue what he is. And I don't want to take that gamble with the state of the rest of the roster. I want someone who could come in who you know can play. Carr, you know, can play. Rodgers, you know, can play. Jimmy and Tannehill, I don't like as much, but if they, you, they're healthy and on the field, you know that they can play. You think Love can play, but you don't really know. He's gotten better 
year over year, but it's been extremely limited sample sizes in a nice situation there in Green Bay. Would that be the same here? You can make that assumption, I guess, but that's all you're doing is you're assuming that he can do it. You, you haven't really seen anything yet where you have the indisputable evidence that, yeah, he could play. Of course he can. No, <laughs> that's again, that's a big, big gamble. But if they decide we're going to go with uh, we're going to go with love, that's the direction we're going to go. We're moving on from Aaron Rodgers. Then Aaron Rodgers has to figure the hell out where he's going. To me, it's two spots or three, really three, I guess. Jets, Tennessee Raiders. Those are the three spots. I don't think he would be going somewhere in the NFC. The Raiders to team up with Devontae Adams is really the main thing there, right? Team up with Devontae. Do they have a great defense outside of Max Crosby? No. Are they an incredibly tough division? Yes. Yes, they are. They have two teams in front of them with stud young quarterbacks in Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. You would imagine the Chiefs and Chargers are not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh the Chargers, I don't love their head coach, but I think they got an improved offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore. Uh, Sean Payton's, I, I would think, could help Russell Wilson. He's not going to be worse than Nathaniel Hackett as a head coach, so I think they would be improved. Uh, and, and, but the Raiders are in an extremely tough spot. We've talked through this example a number of times because, well, that's all we have to do is talk through these scenarios, but I, I don't get that one. Tennessee, I think, is also a spot where they could make some sense in that they've made a ton of moves recently to clear up space. Taylor Lewan gone. Robert Woods gone. Um, but they don't have a ton of great weapons at the in the passing attack. Yeah, you have Derrick Henry uh, and Mike Vrabel's awesome. And, you know, Rogers has, I believe he has a house in Nashville. That's I feel like I've read that a million times over. Uh, in Tennessee, like that connection makes sense in a relatively easy division. I could see that, but like just from a pure weapons perspective, the Jets and the Raiders have the pure weapons perspective, which is good. But then the, you take the knock on the Raiders being in a tougher division. Right now in the AFC East, you have Buffalo, who's Really, really good, but there's. I don't think the Jets can't compete with them if they don't have an Aaron Rodgers. If they have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, then I think the Jets could absolutely compete with them is, I guess, a better way of wording that. They beat him once with Zach Wilson, and they were in that game in Buffalo with Mike White starting at quarterback with broken ribs. And Joe Flacco tried to give that game away the best he could, and they were still in that one to the very end. So this defense can hang. You know that. Miami, who the hell knows what's going on with Tua? Can he play? Can he stay healthy? He has not once proven that he could stay healthy for three years. He's suffered multiple concussions. Can Tyreek Hill repeat that stellar season he had this past year? What do they do at running back? You know, there are a lot of questions there. Solid team. They made the playoffs as a wild card uh, this past year, but they're not light years ahead of where the Jets are. Uh, and, you know, to be honest with you, the you know if you add in uh rogers the jet should be ahead of them and then you have the the patriots who i mean you have to give credit to bill belichick because he's one of the best to ever do it but i don't have a ton of faith in mac jones i don't have a ton of faith in the rest of that that offensive you know 
room. The defense is solid. They have a solid defense and they're coached well, but that offense still leaves a lot to be desired. We'll see if Bill O'Brien can revive them. Um, On the offensive side of the ball, again, I think they need more weapons. Jacoby Myers is a free agent. He might not be back. Uh, And outside of that, you have Steve Ramondre, who's been pretty solid as a rusher, but in the passing attack, Hunter Henry's okay. John Smith's been a massive whiff and not much else. There really isn't much else there. So there's a path to being extremely competitive and to potentially be the division winner in the AFC East, uh, especially because the bills have kind of, they've kind of underachieved. They have yet to reach a super bowl under Josh Allen. He's, you know, they've had a bunch of quality teams. They lost to, you know, Kansas city a couple of times. They lost to uh, the Bengals this past year. It's, it's a tough road that AFC, and it's not easy. I think Tom Brady really skewed a lot of our views with with championships because he's like, oh, well, that guy has like seven championships, or you know, God knows how many championships he has. So, if you don't have two, you're a bust or you're a bum. You know, like Rogers only has one. Uh, when that was originally like the bar, right? You win a Super Bowl, you're a Super Bowl winning quarterback for the rest of your life, and then it was. Uh, well, Brady has ninety nine million, so you only have one. You're poverty, which is just. I hate that's how we look at sports, but it's the reality. Are, are, is Buffalo this juggernaut? No, I think they're coming back to earth a little bit. They're not going to be bad. I'm not picking them to miss the playoffs. I just don't think they're going to be like a, a 14 and three team. I think they're, you know, an 11 or 12 win team next year. And if the Jets can take that next step with a really stud quarterback, then that really makes all the difference in the world. And maybe you then can be in that spot too. But I get it. If you don't want to wait for Aaron Rodgers anymore, you're frustrated with it, I, I I understand. It is not fun just refresh, 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 and scroll, scrolling around. So those are the big kind of storylines from uh, the Combine rumors and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and we wait, and we wait, and we'll wait some more. That's what we get to do. Let's get to your voicemails of this week. First up, we're going to go out to Andrew. He's calling in from the Bronx. He wants to talk about... Potentially getting in on season tickets. Okay, cool. Let's do it. Matt, what is up, man? This is Andrew. I am from the great New York City. I'm from the Bronx, the boogie down, checking in. (laughs) There you go. And uh, my question is kind of an interesting question. I I have a personal question today that I want to ask you, Matt. Um, So, lifelong Jets fan. My dad was born and raised in New York City, just like me, in the Bronx. And... uh, He's been a season ticket holder for about six seasons for the New York Jets. Six seasons we've been going to MetLife uh, watching the Jets every Sunday. And uh, my dad and his best friend, they like to go on field trips and and see them when they go to uh, other stadiums. Um, There you go. But besides that, my question for you is, Matt, should I join my dad with his season tickets? Mm. I'm home from college. The last four years I was in college and now I'm home and have the opportunity to be home every Sunday. My question is, should I go to the Jets games? I used to go in high school, uh, and I have very fond memories of the Ryan Fitzpatrick era. Uh, there was a lot of home games we won. I got to see the, the Jets beat the Patriots over in overtime with my best friend who was a Patriots fan. That is one of my favorite sports memories of all time, getting to see the New York Jets beat the New England Patriots at home. Go. 
and I want to see that again. But last year, they didn't give us much to root for at home. And I felt very bad for my dad sitting in the cold watching the Jets suck <laughs> on offense. So my question is for you, Matt, if we get a quarterback like Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers, should I go to the nine home games this year with my dad and buy a season ticket? He offered me to buy me another ticket if I would like to go, but I just don't see myself going with Mike White and Zach Wilson as the quarterback. I can't root for that for nine games in person. At home, it's easier. You can turn it off and put something else on. But when you're at the game, it's hard to watch that offense. And if we had a guy like Rodgers or Carr, I would consider joining them. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate you and the show. But I get home from a long day of work and want to just decompress. You're the channel that I go to for my Jets news. J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 let's go. I love it. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks for checking us out and supporting. Really means the world to me. Uh, and I'm glad that uh, you called me with this question. Now, you might be barking up the wrong tree a little bit because I am not the most pro go-to-the-stadium guy. Uh, one, it's pain, it's a pain for me to get to, so I don't really like to go all that often. I My personal preference is I like to go to one, maybe two games a year. And I would like to watch, watch the rest from home because I feel like I miss too much. But here's the caveat. As you mentioned, Rogers or Carr would make things a lot more exciting, which is 100% true. It's hard to recreate the energy in a stadium when you're watching from home. So when a big play happens, when your team wins, like there are moments this year where I was jealous that I wasn't in the building. For instance, the upset win over the Buffalo Bills. That would have been a great time to be in the building. The win against the Miami Dolphins would have been a good one to, to go to and be at. The game against Chicago, even though it was in terrible, terrible weather, it was raining, they were scoring a bunch of points. Mike White looked like God out there throwing the football around. Those times I'm with you. That would be like, man, I really wish I was there. But then again, Detroit, Jacksonville, pass. Pass. So my preference is watching from home. And if Mike White, Zach Wilson, Tannehill, or uh, Garoppolo are your quarterbacks, I'm probably in that same boat. But... If the Jets go out there and land Rodgers, I'd be lying to you if I say that I didn't want to be there on opening day. I went the last two opening days you know, with the, the YouTube crew going out there to games. It's a, it's a blast. I, I love it. And seeing Rodgers run out of the, tu- the tunnel and the energy in that building with, the, with some expectation. And if, God forbid, even, hell, maybe they put up some points too on offense. Hey, now. Now we're talking. I think that would entice me more if I was on the fence. I, I don't see myself as a season ticket guy, but if you're on the fence and they land Rodgers, I, I I get it, dude. I think that might be enough to to swing me back over. Let's go out to Matt calling in from Seattle. Okay, there we go. He wants to talk about the quarterback situation. Hey, Matt. It's Matt from Seattle. What's up, dude? I'm calling just to say you're doing a great job. Love everything that you're doing. And uh, just need to figure out this quarterback situation, man, which I'm sure we haven't talked at all about. Seems pretty fresh, you know. Uh, I say we just give the money to Derek Carr. We move on. Uh, Rodgers, love that man. Would love him to be a Jet. Just uh, it's not really worth waiting, in my opinion. Curious on your thoughts. Go Jets. 
Talk to you later. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you for the kind words here, Matt. Appreciate you tuning in. Um, yeah, Derek Carr, I would be all on board with that. They met with him yesterday. Uh, and, you know, supposedly Joe Douglas spoke as well and was saying that, the, you know, the meeting went really well. But I don't think Carr is going to, like, pounce to sign in the next couple of days. I, I think he's going to take his time with his decision as well. So you're kind of getting the overlapping things with this. And I, I get it, dude. I really don't have a lot of patience left when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. The, the, he, would, he would be a ton of fun with this team, though. There are red flags, and like I'm not the person. While I am the one, I admit that like my preference is Rodgers, and I think that would be an absolute blast to have him quarterback this team for a couple of years. If someone comes to me with the red with red flags, I'm not going to completely dismiss it because I get it. You know, you want to talk about uh, having to wait. That's that's a little scary. I get it. You have to give up trade. You know, you, you might have to give up. Uh, you know, a pick in the next you know, in the first two rounds to grab, to get them. That's de- definitely a red flag. How invested is he? Does he want to be there for OTAs and training camp? And, you know, all, all that stuff. Is he going to be a good teammate, bad teammate? Like all, all fair questions for me. I think he is that much of an improvement over the rest of the pack where I'd be willing to take that risk. But my caveat to that is, if they pivot and say, you know what, we, you know, we did our due diligence on on Rodgers. We didn't think it was going to work out. We signed Derek Carr. We we're extremely happy with with Derek. We we think he, you know, we wish him the best, and we think he's going to be really good for this team. Yeah, I think they'll win a lot of games with Derek Carr. I think they would win a, a lot of games. I think think about it. The Jets probably win last year. Detroit, maybe Jacksonville. Miami the last week of the year, that's three games right there, right off the hop. One, if not both of the New England games. So if Der- how about like we'll put it like this: if Derek Carr started seventeen games for the Jets last year, what do you think their record is? Eleven and six, probably something like that. I'm good with that. Can they be you know eleven? Can they be an eleven win team next year with Derek Carr? I think they can. So I, I would completely understand it if that's the direction that they go. And I'm not going to bash someone who wants, wants Derek Carr. I get it. I think he's a good player. Let's close out the program with a little mock draft action from our guy, Caden. All right, let's do it. Hey, Matt, this is Caden calling in from upstate New York with a little bit of a mock draft for you. I'll be having a good day, but let's get right to it. So in this mock draft, I did it through the Pro Football Network mock draft simulator. So we trade down from 13 to 25. I think that would be with the Giants. I can't remember. I did this mock draft a couple days ago, and I'm calling you called it afterwards. But um, so we trade down with the Giants, and we get their 2024 first rounder. And at 25, even though I think it's unrealistic, Peter Skronsky's there. So, I mean, you basically have to run to the podium with how much of a versatile piece Skronsky is, and he'd be a great player. Then a couple of picks later, I trade up with one of the second round picks I got from the Giants, and I think it was with the Jaguars, or no, it was with the like Bengals, I think. And I get Antonio Johnson, the safety from Texas A&M, one of my favorite players in the draft. Versatile, play free safety, strong safety, was in the box a lot, even played some nickel corner, and I think he would be a great versatile piece in Salah's system. At pick 49, 
this also is unrealistic for him to be there, but Drew Sanders, a really good linebacker out of Arkansas. Um, I like him. Daniel Jeremiah and a lot of other people have been really high on him from what I know, and a lot of people have been mocking him as a first-round player. So to get him in the second round midway through, that's a great piece. And then, like, him and Mosley and Quincy, that's a really good linebacker core. Pick 65, also unrealistic that he's there. Rasheed Rice, wide receiver out of SMU. I think he's a bit taller than, like, Garrett, like, at 6'2". But from what I know, like, a good route runner um, and just an overall good player that would, like, complement. Just, like, I mean, you'd have a great route running team in um, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, and Rasheed Rice. You may not be the overall, like, top end, take the top off the defense speed, but, like, you just you can't cover them if they're that good at route running. Pick 94, Luke Weipler, center from Ohio State. Can't get John Michael Schmitz, but yep. Luke Weipler is someone that you could either maybe start right away. He's a, he is a good center. Or if you bring that Conor McGovern for a year or just bring in a, um, like a um, low tier free agency center or a mid tier one, could sit behind him for a year and like come in, in next year and be dominant. Um, with a pick 120, we take Jacqueline White, defensive tackle out of LSU. Depth, that's all you can really ask for when you're getting into later rounds. So somebody for depth in the defensive line. And with our final pick, 185, we take Nick Herbig. Edge out of Wisconsin, brother of Nate Herbig, actually. Someone that I've been really high on. I think it was the, like, he had the most sacks in the season for Wisconsin since TJ Watt was there, I want to say. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. I think he's actually an underrated player that could be, like, sitting behind, like, Carl Lawson and, I mean, have a good D-line coach like Aaron Whitecott. I think he could definitely develop into a good player. So that's my mock draft for you. I'll talk to you later, and go Jets. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you so much for calling in. You got it right at the buzzer, 259. Good stuff, dude. We know it cuts off right at three minutes, but good stuff, Caden. Uh, yeah, so Jacksonville's pick 25 and the Giants are pick 26. So it was either one of those two teams there. I like the direction that you go with your mock, with the players available. And that's just all you can do is take whoever you know, is available to you. But I agree with what you said that I, I, I don't think Skoransky's making it that far down. I really don't. Um, I, I think some of them were a little unrealistic for if they were going to be there or not. But um, moving back for the Jets isn't really my favorite idea. Now, it worked out because, as you said, you were able to land uh, Skoransky there at, at 25. My preferred plan is to stay put at 13 and take one of the three tackles available. I think one, if not two, will be there. Um, Tennessee looks like a prime spot. I think that's where the first tackle comes off the board is Tennessee. And then the Jets are two picks after them. I believe it's 11. Here, let's pull up. This is how we'll close out. We'll pull up the NFL draft order and talk through that. So it is, uh, let's see, Chicago 1, Houston 2, Arizona 3, Indy 4, Seattle 5, Detroit 6, Vegas 7, 8 is Atlanta 9, Carolina, Philly is 10, Tennessee is 11, Houston is 12, Jets are 13. I would think, yeah, I think ten, I'm going to stick by that. I think Tennessee is the first place that an offensive tackle comes off the board at 11. Now, if Houston, if someone wants to move up in front of the Jets to grab another one at 12, I think that's on the table for a trade spot because everyone and their brother probably knows that the Jets are taking one at 13. But Houston, if they stay there, I think are probably going wide receiver. 
I don't see them going offensive tackle. I think they'll go wide receiver to pair with their quarterback. And then the Jets would have their choice beyond that, whether it's Skaronsky, Jones, or um, Paris Johnson. I think two the, two of those three will probably be there. Very confident that one, but I think there's even a strong chance that two of those guys will be there. And that's a win for the Jets and a win for Joe Douglas, who uh, spoke yesterday and shockingly didn't give that much away. Are we surprised that Joe Douglas really didn't say too much? Uh, they're, they're looking for a quarterback. They're doing their due diligence on everybody. Brees, Elijah, Elijah Vera talking big and, you know, big ticket. Makai Becton on their way back. Um, had good conversations with a bunch of different GMs. Likes Derek Carr. All the very vague and like easy answers as we grow to expect. So thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Just Jets. Once again, I am Matt O'Leary. Subscribe if you are new, whether it's on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get the show. Appreciate the support. I'm Matt O'Leary. I'll catch you next time.